Almost 30 with Krista Williams and Lindsay Simsick. Each week, we catch up with Krista and Lindsay to hear what's happening now, what hilariousness happened then, and to ask, is it almost 30? Almost 30, what is up? It's Lindsay here. Um, how is everybody? How are you feeling today? Have you asked yourself that? How are you doing? Do you need anything? Um, talk to yourself today. It will serve you. Anywho, today we're so excited. We have Orly Shani on the show. Orly is one of my dear friends here in LA, and we met back in New York, um, actually bartending. Isn't that crazy? Before she really made it big. She is a host on the Home and Family Network currently as the DIY specialist. She has her own fashion line, Tuck and Wes, which she just relaunched. She has one of a kind, amazing, unique, edgy, sexy, comfy pieces for the fashion forward female. She it's dope. Like I cannot get enough Tuck and Wes. So visit that website. She has also been a host on E reporting um, live from the red carpet. She's been on Fashion Police um, and other shows with uh, Kristen Cavalieri, among others. She's just, she's someone who I admire because she's doing it. She's following her passion and her bliss and making shit happen. And she's also raising a family and she's a wonderful wife and a great friend and a beautiful, loving mother. So I think when I think of Orly, she's someone who has it all and it's doable. Sometimes, you know, I lose hope. I'm like, I can't have it all. <laughs> I can't have it all at once, but she has, she does. And we know you're going to love this interview. She is very candid and honest. Um, as she kind of maps out her path for us, it's, it's not always been easy. So we know you will relate. Uh, we would love to hear from you after you listen to this episode. Um, she is a badass entrepreneur, making moves always, always striving to take her business, her personal endeavors to the next level. Truly an inspiring woman. Um, we love you. Thank you for subscribing, rating, and reviewing. Um, this Almost 30 fam is growing and it is humbling and we are so grateful every single day truly we love hearing from you so write into us through our website or on instagram and join our secret facebook group secret almost 30 podcast facebook group uh just request to join we'll let you in and you can see all of the discussions we've been having it's pretty amazing all right love you guys enjoy this episode all right, we're so excited. We're pumped. <laughs> Finally, today is this, the day. This is a long time coming. So yeah. one of my mm-hmm. dear friends, Orly Shani, is here. Oh, hey, girl. Hey. <laughs> Finally, the um, Orly Shani. Special, oh. special. So Orly is someone in my life that I have always looked to. Um, we've known each other for a few years now. Yeah, for longer because way before I came out to back to LA. Yeah, and maybe I moved five when years? I was pregnant with Connor. That's oh, that's so true. And he's almost three and a half. What wow. the fuck? Happened? So yeah. we met through um, some of our best friends, best mutual friends, uh, Rue Toner and Carrie Connolly. Oh, shut up. Shut up. And um, 
we were all bartenders yeah. for the same company. Yeah. Um, back in the day in our we past life. We should focus life. this whole podcast on bartending. On you guys. I'm sure it will go there. There's oh. plenty. That's a series <laughs> right there. That. Oh my oh, gosh. I love that. Justin's um, always like, um, when I told Justin she worked at Bounce because we lived in New York yeah. for a little bit, he's like, I can't believe was a bounce girl oh my god I think about that too I'm like I, I mean when you look at it now and you look back on it yeah. it's almost like did that whole life happen totally when I had the like wife beater that I cut into a deep v-neck mm. so I could wear a push-up bra where my boobs looked big like 100%. was that a life where I was wearing the American apparel tight yes, dress and I was oh like trying to wear the Spanx tights to, oh, not that I was like fat I was just like trying to like yeah suck it in for the dudes that day yeah, if you're wearing no. something that tight, you need to like help yeah, yourself. Yeah, and they buy it in extra, extra small yes, and extra small. And they're like, what size do you want? And you're like, <laughs> I'm in medium. And Can I work here? I quit. <laughs> <laughs> so we know each other from way back when. And I always um, think about Orly as I'm pursuing my career. I always want it all. Mm-hmm. I yeah. want the family. I want the business. I want all of that. And you've done it. And you're doing it. So it's, it's just really inspiring. So... Um, mm. Yeah, I'm really excited to have you on and talk about all of that. Boss lady, entrepreneur, mother, wife. You're just constantly creating and surprising everyone with taking it to the next level in every aspect of your career, whether you're hosting, whether you're creating or um, curating your line for Tuck and West. So um, I'm so excited for our listeners to Thanks, learn man. a ton. Oh, my God. A ton. Oh my my God. head's so big it doesn't I know, literally. <laughs> room anymore. Do you have new headphones, Steve? Do I need new headphones. <laughs> um, so if someone – this is such a weird question. If someone were to say, like, who is Orly Shani? Uh, like, what would you think of? Like, what comes to your mind first? Well, it's changed. It's changed over the years. For a long time, I just wanted to, I wanted it to be fashion designer. I just wanted it to be, like, fashion designer Orly Shani. And I think that it's changed a lot. Now I like to say um, I'm a host. I am a DIY expert and a fashion designer. I think that those three really cover really what I spend all of my time doing. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. Because I, I, designing is only a small chunk of really where I spend my time now. So it's really those three things, I guess, is kind of how I I love that it, you even do three wise. things. I know. Um, we're like, well, I'm a peanut butter fan. <laughs> I, uh, Podcast. <laughs> yeah. You got a lot going yeah. on. And I think that that's... You know, it's weird because we have, I feel like the younger we are, the more we have these ideas in our head of what sounds better and we Mm -hmm. want to be that thing. And then the more you're like doing it, you realize, uh, no, Mm -hmm. it it doesn't matter. It's really what you're doing and whether you're bringing you're bringing some creativity to it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, for a long time, I just thought of what sounded cool. and Like fashion design. Yeah, it yeah. just sounded like more more mm, special, more totally. whatever. And But but now there's real pride. Like I have real pride in the whole DIY thing that I've now have has really taken off for me. Um, and I think I used to be embarrassed about it because I didn't, I didn't go to school. I didn't go to FIT, FIDM. I wasn't trained at all, mm-hmm. completely self-taught. So my DIY, which was really how I was designing, I felt ashamed. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I don't really know how to make a pattern. So mm-hmm. I like ghetto rig it every time. Mm-hmm. Turned out there's a lot of people who don't know how to do that and they still want to make their own stuff. Mm-hmm. So it became an asset, but I was really embarrassed about it. I like mm-hmm. didn't want anyone to know that yeah. I had no idea. I think a lot of that stops a lot of people too. Like that's like yeah. um and that's like a barrier you put in place for yourself to like succeed. It's kind of like, well, I don't have this degree, so I can't do it. You know, like yep. even Kelly Levesque, who yeah. we had on, was like, well, I'm not doesn't have this degree. Like so, she was like, I don't know if I could do it. And it's like those degrees are bullshit. Yeah, yeah. You and know? she and I liked what she talked about how it was like for her. It was a lot about. I need that. Like, mm-hmm. I put a tremendous it's value true. on education, and so I feel like I stopped true. short if I don't complete it. 
you know, but then she was in school and she was learning that she knew more than the yep. teachers. So yeah, you really, I think you have to be flexible as you go mm-hmm. is at least what I'm learning is kind of like ride the wave of what feels good to you where it feels like some of your, you know, your attributes are going to shine, but you got to be, mm-hmm. you got to chill out a little. You got to be flexible. Mm-hmm. Were any of those things, did you have to fake it till you made it? Like you kind of dove oh, into it and n- we're no. like, I can do it, I can do it. And then you like run in the back and you're like, oh, yeah. fake, fake, fake. When I did, yeah. so when I was working at E!, it was like a dream come true scenario. Mm. They sent me to New York Fashion Week to mm. do to like cover New York Fashion Week, which was again, if you want to be an aspiring designer, I mean that is like the dream. Totally. And I had like credentials with my name and a seat and I belonged yeah. in a place and I wasn't sneaking in. I mean, I used to just when I lived in New York, I used to just show up just to be like up in the mix. Yeah, yeah. Like just to feel it. Yeah. And I totally. had like a hotel room with hair and makeup that showed up every morning and a wow. crew that we walked in together and a press pass and and I felt like such a fraud. I was like, dude, yeah. I don't know what I'm so doing. Interesting. It's like, like what you dream so of. Yeah. I'm like interviewing it. these designers and I have no idea what to ask them because I'm like, they're legit. Like they're the real mm. deal. I'm the DIYer. I don't want anyone to be on to me. Yeah. So I'm interviewing, you know, Christian Siriano mm-hmm. in the most incredible show. And I'm like, you know, and I think I faked it to the point that the content was used. It was Mm -hmm. aired on E! News. They used it all the time. And Mm -hmm. I have great relationships Mm -hmm. with, you know, with the designers that I met there. And so it was all good. But, yeah, I felt like a fraud. Mm -hmm. I felt like I didn't belong at all. And it was just like dream come true moment that I, you know, just didn't want to blow. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm sure from the outside, I probably looked like I knew what I was doing, but I was completely faking it. I was like Instagram post faking it one at a time. Yeah. Like, look at me in front of Lincoln Center. Straight How normal. normal. Yeah, casual. And you're like, oh my yeah. God. <laughs> Meanwhile, my knees are like shaking barely <laughs> yes, long enough totally. to take the picture. <laughs> so take us back a little bit. Um, we do like a segment here where we do 20s us, 30s us. So okay. who is 20s Orly and how did, were there like pivotal moments in your 20s that took you to the next level where you are now? So 20s me early 20s. Yeah, early 20s. I did fashion star. So work wise, Mm -hmm. I was uh, had a clothing line and well, way, way back. So let's go maybe 19. What brought me to New York? So (laughs) in the 1900s, it was a good time. Titanic. I wrote it over. It was a great time, you guys. Lots of cool jewelry. Um, I, I got a DUI when I was 19 years old. And basically at the time I was trying to act. I thought I wanted to be an actress. Mm. I loved being on camera and I was I was pursuing acting and I got a DUI and I lost my license. Can't audition, you can't drive, you can't do anything. Wow. And for a long time I had been thinking about going to school for directing. Because I thought, well, I you know, at least maybe here I can I can create opportunities for myself. You know, if I have an idea for something, I can like do it. I'm like a one-woman show. I can write it, create it, edit it, direct it, do the whole thing. So I decided to take the one year that I would lose, essentially, and it would be a wasted year. And I moved to New York and I went to film school in New York where I didn't need a car and I didn't need any of that. And I was there for about a year, year and a half. I met my now husband there. And I, when my year and a half was over, I moved back and ended up getting an internship at SNL after about a year. And I decided it was a, a sort of a weird course of events, but eventually I decided not to do the internship and to pursue this little clothing line that I'd been doing on the side. Mm. Basically to make money, I was buying clothes at Salvation Army and I was reconstructing them into like slightly modern, cooler things. And I was selling them at like the Melrose Trading Post and yes. doing this little thing. And it was kind of picking up and I thought, well, maybe I'll do this instead because I'm not, I was interning on, on and PAing on films. And it, you know, it was like one of those things where when you're a PA, you look at the boss boss. 
right? And you're like, that's the job. That's mm-hmm. I'm doing all this BS, all this stupid work for that. There was literally no job that I wanted. Like I was looking around and I was like, no, no, no. And all of a sudden I was like, I think I just committed all this time to something I don't actually really love. Totally. So I decided to take my plan to move back to New York for SNL and just move back to New York because I wanted to and because yeah. I was in love with Mike and I wanted to give that a shot and whatever. So I moved to New York and then I was working at Bounce and we had a hostess, Lauren Bruno. Do you remember Lauren Bruno? No. Lauren Bruno. Before She's now pregnant. Time. She's now pregnant with her second wow. baby. Oh my gosh. So Lauren Bruno was a host and she came up to me and she goes, there's a show casting. This casting director who totally wants to bang me th- is pretending like I'd be a good model on this show. And she's like, I'm like 5'4". Obviously I'm not going to be a good model on this show, but he's like trying to hook up with me. She's like, you should go out as a designer. It's yeah. going to be on NBC and it's kind of like Project Runway. So I did what I think a lot of people do, which is a big mistake, is I said, well, I can't take a shift off to go to the audition. Can't. Can't so even. Fucking true. Because what, do you remember the swing, right? You always think of, of the swing. Course. You're like, so not only do I not make my $500, so but then I spend yeah. probably like a hundred bucks because so I'm just true. not working. So it's like a $600 swing. So I just can't afford the swing. So I didn't go and I didn't go to the audition. So and I ended up emailing and they were cool enough that they saw like my pro- portfolio and some of the work that I had done. And we did sort of an over the phone interview. Wow. And I started the interview process and was flown out to LA and was, you know, whatever, doing the whole the whole interview and the screen tests and presenting what my collection would look like in a room with mm. all these people. And the way that the show worked for, for anyone that did see it, though, remember, for anyone that didn't, it was a show on NBC and basically it was three retail brands. It was H&M, Macy's, and Saks Fifth Avenue. And they acted as the buyers. So basically the judges, but the buyers. Then we had Jessica Simpson, Nicole Richie, and John Barbados, and they acted as our mentors. So what we would do is we would design something, we would send it down the runway, and then if they liked it, they would bid on it. They would bid on the clothes, all these numbers go out, they bid, 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 whoever bids gets the clothes. Mm-hmm. And because the show taped like six months in advance, when the show aired, those clothes were available next day in the store. Cool. Smart. It was really it's cool. Like a shark tank. It was bit. really cool. Yeah, yeah. Super cool concept. Show didn't end up going much past two seasons, but huh. the show was a really cool concept. So I did that show and then and then got didn't didn't win. I think I came in like fourth place. I got eliminated right before the the finale. I went back to New York and I remember so vividly, you guys, it's so embarrassing when I think about it now. <laughs> Me and this kid, did you meet Zamiro? That sounds so familiar. So, yeah. Zamiro um, Oputa is like yeah, the yeah. best guy in the world, <laughs> like one of my besties. We met on the show and we both lived in New York. So we were really, really close because yes. we had this bond and the show hadn't aired yet. And I remember so vividly he came into the bar and I was bartending because the show wasn't on yet. And we're like, dude, in like three months, we're not even going to be able to sit here. <laughs> Like, there are going to be so many people oh who know who we are. Like, we probably can't even take the subway anymore. We probably just <laughs> we need, need to have it everywhere. We're going to be so famous. Holy Life's about shit. to change. Like, are you ready? Like, literally nothing happened. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> you guys, literally nothing happened. So, like, I was what? bartending yeah. while the show was on the TV behind me. Like, uh, when I say nothing happened. meta. I mean, just crickets. <laughs> Crickets. That's amazing. So I'm thinking this is like it. I'm thinking this is the my this big is your moment. Cut. Right? No, not even. So anyway, they season two comes around for the show. I'm still just bartending, mm. like you know, trying to make things happen or whatever. And they want to have someone host season two behind the scenes, like a behind the scenes series. Mm. I'd never hosted anything before, and so the company That's Suave so Suave Professionals um, was going to be sponsoring it because they were the hair sponsor. And so I did this whole series. I did like a 20 episode series for NBC.com and. Suave, um, 
behind the behind the scenes and it was like my first thing into hosting. And so when I think a little bit about my 20s, I feel like it was a lot of like what I thought everything was going to be and then what things started really being. And I really feel like that started happening in that time because it is you, you have a you have enough of a grasp that things don't always work out like you think they're going to, but you still are at the beginning of all of it. You're still in your 20s. Like, you're at the beginning of everything to the point that you still have that, like, overnight sensation dream in your head. Mm. You're not, like, jaded in any way. You're not... You're just sort of still, like... And I feel like that's where I was at that time. I was, like, fashion star was a big wake-up call. I thought, you get one big opportunity. You're on prime time, network television, doing what you love, surely this just catapults you to doing everything you ever dreamed of. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't, it wasn't like that. You know, Mm -hmm. it was one thing that definitely has led to my success, but it was not the thing. Mm -hmm. And I think that's hard is, is you have to like remember that it's just accumulation of all of these things over time, you know, and, and, I mean, that turned into your first ho- hosting gig, and yeah. you've done so many since. Yeah. It's so interesting. Yeah, it, it was that. It was that hosting job I had never hosted before, and it was from that that people like people who remembered me as a contestant on the first season, like crew, meaning yeah. like crew and producers, who were seeing the tape roll in or seeing me doing it. They're like, "You kind of have a knack for this. Like, you should do this as a thing." Um, and I had never thought of it. I never thought of hosting, but it was funny because hosting actually makes perfect sense for me because as an actress, I sucked because. <laughs> I sucked, you guys. I could doubt that. uh, No, go on. I could be a version of me, yeah, very easily. Like if the character call, if the the role called for like, but if she's like heroin addict, no. If she's like (laughs) devastated with like a bad pass and an accent, I'm out. I am out. I can't do an accent for my life. I can't be brooding. I'm not depressed. Everything's good. My my family is healthy. My parents are still together. No, like everything is happy and wonderful in my life. Like easy mm-hmm. childhood. Like I don't have any demons, you know? So I would yeah, go on like, audition. So like, what do I pull from? Yeah, I would go on an audition and I was like, ooh. So as hosting though, it was perfect. So I was on camera just being me. Mm, and so that was easy. Totally. And so it like made, you know, it made a lot of sense in all of the like acting classes I did as a kid. They paid off because there was technical skill that I yes. learned, you know, that, that came into play when I was hosting and stuff like that. But, yeah, it um, it's weird. It's just weird how opportunities that you don't think are going to be something turn into something and those that you think are going to be everything turn into nothing. So that one you thought was going to be something. What was one you didn't think was going to be something and turned into be something? Um, the show I'm on now, okay. Home and Family. Yeah, It's on a network that a lot of people don't know exists. It's yeah. on the Hallmark Channel. Um, it was in its first season when I first did it and you know, it was brand new and it was still getting its legs and it was still kind of figuring it out. And now it's this incredible show with, you know, a million viewers a day and, Mm. um, incredible hosts and incredible guests that we get on a regular basis, big celebrities. And, um, and it's, it's amazing. And that's cool because that's a combination of everything. That's, I do D I do all their DIY tutorial. Mm. So I'm hosting my own segment and I'm teaching people how to basically hack this jacket we saw on Beyonce yesterday. I'll show you guys yeah. how to make it for 20 bucks or whatever it is. So yeah. it it's a perfect mix of all of those things. Right. And I don't, when I first did the show, I, I didn't really think that it would be anything. Mm. You know, I was just like, oh, it's a fun opportunity to, yeah. you know, I like, yeah. yeah. So where do you find your inspiration for your DIYs? Because um, I know it's like pumping them out. Dude, it's a lot. Three or four a week. Wow. And and we do them all. Like we we pitch our own ideas. We, we really make yeah. them. Yeah, yeah, you make them all. You do everything. Host it, make it, pitch it. The whole from top to bottom. Um, I get a lot of ideas. I almost don't know if I could pick a place. Like 
Instagram's a good one. Yeah. Cool fashion on Instagram. People. Mm-hmm. I, I'm like a, such a creep at the line oh. in Starbucks. I'm like, like slowly lift my cell phone and take a picture of someone's yeah. like jacket or their shoes. Yeah. But I would say mostly it's like a an Instagram thing because I don't really I try not to head to like Pinterest because that's where a lot of yeah. DIYs are and like if you can yeah, it's so true. If, yeah it's like if you can find the DIY then why yeah. should, why do I need to do it you can find it online it exists so, so unless something is like a huge huge hit and like we might as well take our, our own shot at it mm-hmm. otherwise I try to do things that are new um, so like tomorrow I'm filming this segment where we're doing it's like flame pants it looks like flames cool. and I just saw a street style photo from maybe Paris Fashion Week mm-hmm. or I don't even know where of a girl in black jeans cropped with like looks like flames on the bottom of her pants super easy right I mean you cut it cut shapes out of red you'd be orange, surprised and... I'm like cannot <laughs> it's so easy yeah. it's so easy but then today Kylie Jenner posts a picture of herself in a sweatsuit that she's selling that's got flames on the sleeves Shut and flames up. on the pants and so I'm like okay great like we're on we're on, on it trend. and we're at the beginning enough that this isn't in Forever 21 yet this totally. isn't you know so that's always like the goal is to try to get it early that's enough. That's really good, yeah. Because otherwise, Forever 21 is going to do it. And it's actually cheaper to buy there than to DIY it. Like, why bother? Yeah. So you kind of have to get it before it, it hits those stores. That's crazy. Yeah. Forever 21 is like fucking everyone up with um, like um, Salvation Army and like mm-hmm. those places where you can get clothes because people don't want to buy clothes from there because you can get it so cheap from Forever 21 now. Yeah. And people are giving out their clothes in droves because you got that shirt for $8. You wore it four times, so you're going to give it away. Yeah. So it's like no one wants to go to like vintage shopping or anything like that anymore, which is crazy. Yeah, exactly. But then everyone looks the same. Yeah. Which so is the thing. True. Like if you have a sense of style – your own personal sense of style, I always, I mean, go to thrift stores, go to random places, just because you're going to have that eye no matter what. Like, you're going to walk into Salvation Army, you're going to see something I'm not going to see because it's your style, and you're going to wear it away, I wouldn't wear it because it's your style. Mm. And no one else is really going to have it. Whereas, like, Forever 21, like, uh, you're, you know, like, you found a really cute, fake rock vintage tee, like, you're going to stand next to some 16-year-old wearing it. So you're like, true. I'm such a loser. <laughs> And she looks like, better in it. Yeah, and you're like, damn it. You know, yeah. and it's like, you're like, I actually bodies. know who this band is. And yeah. You don't. It's weird. She's like, it's the Ramones. Yeah. Everyone knows that you're like, oh, for God's sake. Like you're sick. <laughs> I hate you. So, wait, speaking of things that no one else has, Tuck and Wes. Mm, right, let's I talk love. about that. It's, I love my Tuck and Wes gear. Yeah, it's I amazing. got my jumpsuit, which is the bomb. You're I so wear good. it like every second. Like, it's I got so one. much props. We on talk it. about, so when we get like. Your new, bomber, people fucking love. Yeah, too. they do. Oh, Our wow. almost Crazy. 30 pink bombers, Tuck and Wes, and it's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Oh. They, uh, we talked about yesterday or the other day that when we get like new clothes, we'll just wear them mm-hmm. every day for like two months. <laughs> two months. Yep. <laughs> and then we're done. Yeah. yeah. But it's like a weird habit that like. I, I've only found you that does you do it that all the time. I do it yeah. too. I think I've worn Justin this said five it last night. He's like, "You really like those bell bottoms." <laughs> As like my eighth day of wearing them. As yeah, they like, were really do expensive. Do you have a problem with it? <laughs> yeah, I think I, I, think I look fabulous. So you recently relaunched Tuck and Wes. Yeah. Um, why? So. Tuck and Wes originally, the concept was that everything would be convertible and multifunctional, and pieces could be um, worn multiple ways and taken apart and worn two different ways. And that was always what I really wanted to do. But when Fashion Star ended and I I, I got an incredible partner um, and we started working on the line, it was clear that we wouldn't be able to produce that collection at any kind of an affordable price because we weren't big enough yet. And producing locally is expensive and producing small quantities. You You can't go overseas with small quantities, so you have to do it local. And if you're doing it local, it's really expensive. And so it was just clear we weren't able to do it. So basically we started it as almost like 
a clothing store and not a clothing brand. Mm-hmm. I would shop the wholesale mart and I would buy things that I thought kind of fit with my style and my aesthetic. And I was basically curating a store, mm-hmm. but I wasn't designing anything. And by doing home and family and DIYing things, I started getting this renewed sense of creativity and like ownership and mm-hmm. making things and like really getting my hands dirty. And I wanted the idea of starting a brand that could be limited edition, one-of-a-kind pieces that were really special. Like, I remember the the thought that came, the thing that kept coming into my mind was, like, Instagrammable moments. Like, you're wearing the jacket. You are not not getting a picture of that today. Like, it is so dope. You cannot let the day go by without, like, I don't care if I'm asking a stranger. Like, I'm not not yeah. getting a photo. I, I wanted, like, just those pieces. Mm-hmm. Just those pieces. I didn't need a traditional collection. Nothing's traditional anymore anyway, so mm-hmm. who cares? I don't need separates. I don't need cozy tees to pair. You're going to get your cozy tees where you're getting your cozy tees. So you're not buying them from me anyway. So get your cozy tees where you get them. I'm going to make one-of-a-kind standout pieces that are like that. You wear that thing to your party. You wear that totally. thing to your vacation. You you know, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And so I started getting this this idea and it started solidifying itself. And, you know, it's been doing great. And it's been, the launch was awesome. And there's been a lot of brand loyalty, which is really, really fun. And it's actually the hardest part is just having enough ideas for that in addition to home and family, mm-hmm. which three or four ideas a week on that show, there leaves like, I feel like I have no creative space in my brain. Literally. I'm just like, Like all Mm -hmm. of a sudden I like look at something. I'm like, I need to make new stuff. I need to, the site needs to be constantly fresh and it's hard because Mm -hmm. I've got to have ideas and then I've got to go ahead and make them and, you know, try to find a way to make at least 20 so that if they do well, they can, I can make a, you know, a chunk of money on them Mm -hmm. and not just sell one and then be like, ah, darn it. Everyone wanted that. Yeah. Yeah. Like we made these t-shirts for football season that said, but first football and Kristen Cavallari, who I co-hosted the fabulous with and is the dopest chick in the world. Yeah, like, dude. She's the best. She's the best. Since day one, she's been yeah. my mm-hmm. number one. She is such a girl's girl. She's just, I she cannot. Changed. No, and I, and I cannot say enough about her. I just really can't say enough good things. Anyway, she posted a photo of herself wearing mm. the t-shirt, which is perfect because her husband is the quarterback of the Bears and like she's such a football wife and I mean, not like a in quote, the best quote football wife, but yeah. like she's really connected so to that world. So, and it, sold out in like 15 seconds and we got like 500 pre-order requests wow. for it and it was like you know that was one of those where you're like damn 500 yeah, yeah you're like you gotta get it to get you gotta be able to make it you gotta like amazing. get it together and, and get them going as fast because football season's a finite amount of time once totally. that's over it's over like you, you can't have like 150 Whoa. that show up like February 14th yes. and you're like who wants their football <laughs> yeah, team yeah they're like but first baseball <laughs> yeah exactly exactly <laughs> so you know so it's 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 interesting like investing in small inventory yeah. so that you have less risk, mm-hmm. but then trying to set up some kind of infrastructure that if it does well, you can take advantage yeah. quickly. So that's like the, the fine line that I'm walking. But the dream would be that it becomes a much, much bigger brand where it's still all very limited run, but limited run is now 500 pieces instead of 20. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's the goal, but it's really just a matter of keeping it. Do you make each piece? I make, I'd say 60% I make by mm-hmm. hand and then 40 I have sewers okay. locally in LA okay. that will do it. That I'll like bring in like 15 to them and wow. everything will be like pinned in place or everything yeah. will be, and then they'll do the actual construction. Because wow. again, like I didn't go to school. I technically like, I worry that if I, it might look good from the outside, but when you open your jacket, you're like, what? Like the mm, seams sure. are all janky and it's not pretty looking mm. and like. I don't care on my own clothes, but how can I charge you 140 bucks for a jacket when, like, the inside, the guts of it aren't 
beautifully done. Mm -hmm. So that's, again, where, like, my insecurity of not being trained, like, I know that I'm going to, those are things I'm going to bring to sellers who know what they're doing and, you know, are going to make it look clean. Mm -hmm. How the heck do you do that? Mm -hmm. You're a mom Mm -hmm. to two beautiful children. Yes. Oh, my God. You're a wife. You do your DIY, four Mm -hmm. of them a week. You're a I want At to the hear show your twice. We like yeah. walk us through your What like, is your schedule, schedule and how? Well, I will say, you know, I have um I have a nanny, you know, who watches them during the day when I work, yep. right? I work yes. full time, I need Duh. coverage for my kids. So, I have an incredible person who lo- they love, she loves them, mm. we love her. It's the best thing ever. And I think that, you know, if you want to be a working mom, you can't have any guilt about that. They are in good yes, hands. 100%. They Thank are you. having a blast. It's raining today, and Anna puts them in the stroller and gets them to the library. I mean, I would, I wouldn't. I know. I'm like, my God. I would be like, guys, we are staying in today. Let's yeah. get out the paint. Let's yeah. just do party. Yeah, yeah. Like, forget it. Does everyone want to take like a 10 hour nap? Yes. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> she's is. So I know that they're, it's not like they're missing anything when I'm not there because they've got great, you know, yes. they've got someone great taking care of them during the day. Um, and my parents, my mom also worked and my parents worked. Same. And like, I just remember looking at my mom and thinking it was like really badass. Like I thought it was really cool. And I never had any issues that like they couldn't make it to every Mm -hmm. soccer game or whatever. Like Mm -hmm. I don't know why, but I thought it was cool that they had a life. Mm -hmm. I thought it was cool that like they had a date every Saturday night and we were not invited. Yes, (laughs) Parents making time for themselves. Kids observe that and they take Mm -hmm. that in. Yeah. My parents never did that. Lie to all my friends and be like, my mom actually makes more money than my dad. Oh my God. That was like not even true. Like I'd be like, my mom works and she makes more money than my dad. Yeah. True. Why did you like that? Yeah. Um, like, your, da- like your dad's like, listen, female empowerment. Yeah. <laughs> what a young weird age. fucking lie. But I had a live-in nanny, too, when I grew up with. Mm-hmm. And I felt like it helped me, like, it helped me get the best of my mom, too. Totally. So it was like she probably wasn't a person that would have ever stayed home with us, would have ever been, like, a one-on-one mom. I'm not even saying this to you. But, like, yeah. so when she was with us, it, I felt like I got a better version of her because she was able to, like, do her thing and then also yeah. be with us. And then I got the ability to, like, be with adults that weren't her and talk to adults that weren't her and That's trust so people true. that weren't were her. Yep. So it helped me get, like, a better rounding of, like, a childhood than just being with one person all the time. I think that's really true. Because you have to learn how to, like, respect authority as 100%. a little kid. I mean, everything is is learning how to function in this world. And, you know, I will say it's it's we're lucky that it's possible. There's a lot of people who cannot afford to have any help. And yeah. you have to figure out a way yeah. to work at night and have so-and-so sleep over while the kids sleep. And you're working and then you're up. with. I mean... When I think of single parents, like my heart wants to explode from panic. I do not know how they do it, honestly, because if I didn't have my husband to help emotionally, even just someone to bear witness. Mm -hmm. Like there's a moment when Connor is acting like a complete asshole Mm -hmm. and he's freaking out and he's Mm -hmm. screaming and he's kicking and he's losing his mind and he cannot get Mm -hmm. he's two or now he's three. But like when he was two and he cannot get it together. Sometimes I would look at Mike. And Mike and I would start hysterically laughing because yes. it's like he's bearing witness to the fact that my two-year-old's trying to kick me in the face. Yes. And it's funny when you're on your own. It's like, it's not. like not. There's funny. no one to bear witness. So There's true. no one to be like, whoa, are you okay? Like yeah. this is nuts. Like, like this you know, kid's psycho. Yeah, like even if he's not gonna help me, <laughs> mm-hmm. just seeing it, like just see what I'm going through mm-hmm. makes me feel better, makes me want to be like a bit of a rock star in the moment and be like, no, no, no I'm good. I'm good. He's fine. We got it. Mm-hmm. But if I'm on my own, I would be like, ah! I think I would flip out. Totally. So like when I think of single parents or when I think of people who can't who don't make enough money working to be able to cover having like I don't know that that all freaks me out. So 
first things first, I'm super lucky that I make enough money that I can do it. There's that. They're in great, they're in great hands when I'm gone. On a normal day, like I'll wake up, it depends on when they wake up. Mm-hmm. So um, normally it's like around seven. Mm-hmm. So if I'm filming early, I'll usually get up before them, try to get in the shower before they get there. Anna normally comes like around 7.30 or 8. Mm -hmm. And then I will go straight to set. Mm -hmm. So then I I go to set and we have like on the show, we'll do, I normally don't do my projects until that morning now because it used to be that I was spending all of my time doing it. Like I would be home all day sewing and doing stuff. And Mm -hmm. when I was home with my kids, I wasn't home with my kids. And I would feel guilty being home while Anna's home. Because yeah. that's, like, really weird nanny totally. vibes. Like, why don't you watch my kids while I go in the other yes. room and take a bath? You know, yes. like, it just doesn't feel right. So the minute I get home, I let her go. Mm. But then I still have work to do. Mm. So I stopped doing that. So now I just do my projects in the morning when I get there. So I get there. Then we have rehearsal. We go through how the segment's going to work. Um, cameras block it out. Everything blocks it out. And then we have lunch. Then we go back into hair and makeup, get a touch-up, film the show. Show is live to tape from 1 to 3. You mess up. That's what everyone sees. We do not go back. We do not fix anything. Mm -hmm. Um, Full on live to tape. Only time they'll fix anything is if it's like an integration, which is like basically a commercial within the show. Mm -hmm. And that's a paid spot and it needs to be perfect. That's the only time they'll go back and and fix it. So then the minute the show's over at like 3.15, 3.30, I get home. I go home as fast as I can to let Anna go because it's over eight hours no matter what. And I try my best to keep her at 40 hours a week. So like I rush home and let her go. And then it's... Getting them in the bath and trying to cook dinner, and Connor's a super picky eater, so that's always really anxiety it's the age. filled. Boys, at that he's age. just he like was every, always like that. Everything white. Yeah, he was yeah. bread. Blake will fingers. eat anything. Connor, oh, it'll he just does Yeah, I hope so. So then it's just dinner, and then it's usually a goblet of wine yeah. and like a TV show, oh, yeah. and chill. And Mike and I have like a little date on the couch and just kind of relax, and mm. and then that's it. And on my days when I'm not working, it's it's Tuck and West work. And it is a lot of downtown because I'm picking up materials, getting things I need, trying to figure stuff out, going to the sewers and monitoring things for Tuck and West. And then it's I'm picking up all my materials for my next segment. So, like, I've got Wednesday, Thursday, Friday I filmed this week, but I had Monday, Tuesday off. So Monday, Tuesday was, like, making sure I had everything I needed for Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, all my materials and doing everything for Tuck and West. And then that's when I take, like, meetings or anything else to try to sure. keep, you know. Do you love that buzz, that flow, the, like, nonstop? Yeah, yeah, I do. Too. I get a little you crazy too. when it gets slow. But, do. Uh, yeah, like yeah. I'll call my manager and like act like an asshole. Like, yeah, well, I think you feed off of the the whole flow of it. I yeah. mean, you were saying the other week. It's just when we have days when we can work all day and be really productive. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like the best day mm-hmm. ever. Yeah, because I think that you know, no matter how. You know, it's funny, like I'll get I'll get like messages on Facebook from people I went to high school with or people that I knew when I bartended or whatever. that are just like, it is so awesome to see what you're doing. Like you really are just killing it. And like, I don't feel like that even a little bit like and it's hard not to say like, oh, well, no, you just got to be like, thanks. That's so sweet. But like on the inside, I'm like, I am miles and miles and miles away from where I wish I was right now. There's so much more that I want to do. But you're the only one who knows that. Totally. Right? Like, you're the only one. We had a magician on the show the other day, and it was the coolest thing I'd ever heard. One of the coolest things I ever heard. He was doing a magic show, and he was talking about how something went wrong in the magic show. And he goes, but it was a great realization because I realized no one knows what's supposed to happen next. Mm. Only I know what's supposed to happen next, so they don't know it's a flub. They think it's part of the show. I'm the only one who knows what's happening next. So, like... 
it just made me think like, okay, I'm the only one who knows that there's a lot more I want to accomplish, that I don't feel done, that I am maybe not mm. happy at what I've accomplished by this age or oh, whatever God. it is. So like, just, you don't need to share it. You know, it's like when totally. someone says congratulations, like just take, take it, it and say thank you and acknowledge that you have created something for yourself. It doesn't mean you slow down. doesn't mean you like, all right, well, I guess I'll just chill. I know. Like, what do you say? Like, I was thinking about that. I have a, something to go to in a few months and I was going to see people that I haven't seen in a while and I was like talking to my sister last night and I was like what am I going to say because they're going to be like oh we see you doing this and that and you know all this stuff and people have said that to me too probably mm-hmm. not to the extent that you've gotten it but like where it's like you look like you're doing so great everything must be amazing and it's like wait what are you talking about you know you're like my life yeah oh, oh yeah my life um <laughs> you know it's like what do you say mm-hmm. like they don't know the day in and day out and it's like flattering but it's like but isn't that also just uh, just evidence of the social media culture? Know, you know, we're exactly. only putting out what like, they're seeing. Yeah, that's why I think like that's why people I do think really like the sort of Snapchats and Instagram stories because it's it's like the mundane moments mm-hmm. because the polished moments exist on your Instagram feed and they exist on your Facebook page and you know your only your wittiest thoughts exist on your Twitter and whatever. Like I like that the normal boring stuff is what lives on sort of the stories because Mm -hmm. I'm like okay this is life this is real life but Mm -hmm. we don't really share that because how boring and average and that Mm -hmm. might not get a lot of likes but I mean it's like so lame Mm -hmm. like it feels lame but you still have to participate because that's where we're at like Mm -hmm. if you want a show you know I'm meeting with producers I have a show that I really want to create that I wrote and I'm meeting with producers on it and it's like the very first question is like so what are her numbers and you know it's like so it's it's a legit first question it's legit you can be too cool for it but things you're getting really and you yeah Yeah, oh my god I mean sponsorship it's like we don't even give a fuck like what are your numbers what are your numbers there are like people I see I'm like you're I know there's so I see groups of people that have really good content and maybe low numbers. I'm like, damn, your shit is fucking fire. And mm-hmm. I don't know why you have low numbers. You are, like, going to be something. And then I see people with, like, high numbers. I'm like, your shit is sucks. And you probably get more than girl one because you have higher numbers even though your content sucks. Although we all know people who have bought those followers and Ugh. bought those likes. Uh-huh. And so, okay, wait. Can I just can I just <laughs> blow up someone's spot? I'm not going to say a person in particular at all, but I'm Please just going to say. Please tell us um, afterwards. Yeah. But no, I'm just going to say a really good way to tell if someone has fake followers. So sometimes, you know, you'll look and you'll say, well, that, like, wow, that's a whole lot of followers mm. all of a sudden out of nowhere. And then you go to their likes. And you're like, well, their likes are high, so I guess they're real. Totally. You have to look at their video views. It will kill you guys. It will kill you because video views, first of all, you you have to actually, you have to pass it. You have to see it in order for it to count as a video view. Okay. You can't like buy video views. It's like a, whereas a like is something like an algorithm that you can, you can buy like a robot that likes your posts or whatever, totally. right? So normally if you look at it, like your video views will be like five, ten times what your likes right. are because they don't have to actively like your picture. All they had to do was like scan it for a second and then it, it counts as a view, right? Oh, like really? it's, it's a more like inactive, okay. um, do you know what I'm talking about? Like yeah. when you pass someone's page, like maybe you like it, one every- starts and then you're like, yeah. Yeah, but like that I didn't counts. know that counts. It's, it's well, oh. I think if you watch like a certain amount okay. of it or something like that, but the, the bottom line is you don't have to watch the video and then like it. It, just by watching it, you've you've given it a view, right? Mm. So whereas likes, you have to stop and like double click. Yep. You have to like it. So it's yep. like less people like whatever. So there is this chick who I know bought all of her followers and bought all of her likes. And she'll have like 
1,500 likes on a picture and like 300 views on a video. It should be like 8,000 views on a video because if you look at your video views, they will far surpass your likes because it's an an inactive thing. Like they don't have to act, they don't have to really take a a minute out of their day and do anything. They just simply by scrolling it, they see it. So if you ever wonder about someone, look at their video views and if their video views are not like at least three to five to 10 times higher, if they are lower than their likes, it's a giant red flag and these people shouldn't post videos because you can tell right oh away. Oh my god. I just I sometimes there was one person I saw I was like damn like I think her the shit like doubled. And I was like I'm gonna look at who's following her now. I'm like everyone's from Abu Dhabi yeah. and they have a picture of a robot. And they don't follow. They follow They're like 100 real. people and they have zero followers and they have no pictures. And it's just and... like what are you But that's I think brands have to get smarter now. Brands have I to think know. They are. Yeah. You know, they have to know that what's the engagement? Like cuz there's the same bloggers there, there's a whole thing with bloggers too where there's this like a like for a like thing mm-hmm. where bloggers will comment on each other's pictures and they're not real followers because they're doing it so that you'll then do theirs. So like I there was a jacket, for instance, a, a, a blogger reached out and said, I'd love to do like a collaboration. So gave her just like a discount code. She bought a jacket she really wanted, gave her a discount code. She posted it. Her Her post... And all of her photos I later looked at. I was not smart enough and didn't look at it in advance. They, all of them are blogger comments. Hundreds and hundreds of comments like, nice outfit, great jacket, Mm. you look awesome, all right. Yeah, Mm. but like not one sale. And Really? And when you look at, if you click on the name of the person that commented, her page is exactly the same. You look awesome. Oh, my God. What totally. a great look. You're so cute. Like, so it's like this little community of bloggers that are like, we'll help build each other up. I'll come on. But they're not, for a brand, it's like a scam because those those bloggers are not actually going to buy my jacket. 100%. They're commenting that they love it. And that's why I agreed to give her a discount was because she had a lot of followers. She had a lot of engagement. I thought these are high comments. This is high engagement. This is legit. But it's a whole other version of scam because none of them are interested in buying anything anyway. It's like a like for a like, a comment for a comment, like all that stuff. So it's interesting. I think the social media world of it, you you have a lot of control, but it's it's a big responsibility. It's like a full-time job. Totally. Do you feel pressure from like your management or from home and family or do you feel – are there haters that you're like, Ugh! like I, have you ever felt – No, I felt more pressure at E because mm-hmm. like – I felt like those people had a high fall. You know, they've been sure. on for a long time and they felt way more legit to me. And like, I felt mm. so excited, you know, to be at E and, and when we got our show there, like it was just like dream come true stuff. I mean, I was flying to New York every week, filming that show, just on top of the world, talking about fashion, being silly. Had a, We had a, you know, featured a cocktail fun. every night. It made sense. With, I mean, it would all just felt like it was so cool. And then it just did one season and it disappeared and it was heartbreaking. When I was at E, I felt like I needed to be cooler. Like mm. I need to be bigger and cooler and this and that. And and that's funny because that's like when all of a sudden you find yourself going back to like high school for a minute. So and you're like, whoa, I thought so I wasn't true. susceptible to that at all anymore. I thought it was way and beyond you're, that. you're like one of them. It's like you're in the club. I'm in there. Like, you're in I, the club. Yeah. You, you don't need to do anything. No. And they probably all feel the same way. 100%. You know, like everyone feels the same way. But for some reason, when you walk into a room with all these people, for some reason, I don't know what it is about our psyche. I think not everyone is like that. But I think a lot of people, you instantly feel like they belong and you need to fight your way in. Like there's just this thing that you feel, you know, 
instantly like, yeah, you're like an imposter. Mm, totally. You know, I think George Clooney actually like called it that, like the imposter complex when mm. like you just, you know, you feel like you're going to be found out. I feel everyone's like that going to Yeah, like everyone's going to find out yeah. you're not the real deal. Like, like, I was I at an event deal. last night and I was... um. I was there and like people were like, oh, like, are you an, you're an influencer or blah, blah? And I was like, yeah. And right. they're probably like, is she work here? Like, what the fuck? Like, I was like talking to them and I was like, I don't, I didn't even talk about my blog. And I was like, I guess I should be talking about my blog. Yeah. But like, it just felt like I felt like an imposter. I was like, I don't want to be talking about my blog or anything to do with it. I shouldn't be meeting people and like talking to people. So yeah. it felt like Connecting. weird. I was like, yeah. yeah. I think learning how to like, sell yourself a little bit 100%. without being that guy who's constantly selling himself. Like, like, how do you do that? How do you do that? And that's, I think, that's one of the most important things because no one's going to advocate for you harder than you are and no one's going to say, I deserve this opportunity and I'll kill it, give it to me. You know, and sometimes that's all you want is you want... Like, if I'm the person in charge and I'm hiring the person, even if it's false confidence, tell me you're going to knock it out of the park. Mm. Tell me you are the best thing I've ever seen because even if you're not right... Whatever. Like, I trust that more than I trust, like, well, definitely give it my best shot. And totally. I think I have some attributes that are, like, just tell me you're going to knock my socks off. Totally. So it's like, I need to remember that sometimes. Like, even if I'm not sure how I'm going to do it, I know that I don't give up until what I'm doing is perfect. I know that. So I should trust myself. I should say, I'm going to knock your socks off. You're never going to get anything better than what I'm about to deliver to you in a month sell yourself because you're going to live up like you're going to yeah, live up to that so and you're probably going to be better than anyone else was yeah. so just like own it but it's it's hard to do that because you just it's self-doubt it's like the stories that you always tell yourself mm-hmm. and if a brand was talking internally to other people and they were like well she told me that she was going to fucking knock it out of the park and you didn't it'd be like well she told me that and it's like okay yeah do you know what i mean yeah. even if you didn't right it would have the backing of you saying that and like making them believe mm-hmm. it you know yeah yeah i know it's it's interesting it's the, the social yeah. media stuff I could go on all day. I know. I know. I know exactly what you mean too about those like blogger engagement groups. It's like, I think about that. I'm like, these aren't my buyers. Yeah. But when I'm like, because I'm in part of blog communities, like they're all my friends. Like it's nice to bounce ideas off everyone, stay totally. relevant, stay on the pulse of what's going on. But I think about that. I'm like, none of you guys are going to buy from me. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It, it It's interesting because, you know, everyone's. I don't know who I was listening to my buddy's my buddy's podcast and I don't I even remember the details of this now, but he was talking about how like he went back home to like Ohio or somewhere and his nephew, he's like, So what are you doing, man? Like are you just like you playing soccer, are you skateboarding? He's like, No, nah, man, I'm building my brand and he was like eleven. And the guy's like, You're building your brand? Like, but like everyone's got a brand. And like, so you know, true. even just like this this kid, this like eleven year old kid with like moxie and cute styles, like Fuck. knows it, knows he's kinda like cool and different. He's like, I'm building my brand. They're like, dude, get outside. Like, go flirt with girls. Totally. Like, come on, man. Like, I don't even like to say that anymore. Like, I'm building my brand. I know. I know. I don't even like to say that. It's funny. Words become taboo really quickly. Like, lifestyle brand, mm, I feel like, has exactly. become, it's, like, gone. And you can't say that anymore. You almost have to go back to describing 100%. all the things yep. that make up a lifestyle brand or you are a douche. Influencer, saying, too. I just want to have, like, like mm-hmm. influencer. It's like, yeah, what it's, is that? These things go in these funny cycles. And yeah. it's like, you have to kind of... <laughs> Just trying to, like, get paid for doing what I love and, like, help people feel better about being themselves. Yeah. Period. Yeah. You know, it's like, what? Yeah, like, building my brand, you're like, Yeah. And that's funny, too, because on Home and Family, you know, everyone has a quick intro. Mm. Please welcome. We have so-and-so. And it's funny when they, you can tell that the intro is probably something that doesn't really resonate Ooh. with the guest yeah. because it feels like 
Mm, it yeah. oversimplifies who they are. But you don't mm. have time for the whole shtick. So you've got to say influencer. You've got to say blogger. You've got to say, you know, we had Ali Fedotowski on and she's awesome. That chick is so sweet. And she just had a beautiful little baby girl. And she came on to do a really cute, like, date night styling thing. And her blog is, like, a affordable fashion. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they introduced her as, like, former bachelorette turned blogger mm. and like knowing fucking her, buzzwords man yeah, right like knowing Allie I'm like that probably annoys the shit out of her but like that is oh, in no. a nutshell for middle America who's not like in the LA scene and knows that she's this like great girl and mm-hmm. has a lot more going on that's the that's the thing mm-hmm. bachelorette turned blogger explains it and also gives some legitimacy because they watch bachelorette and they know mm-hmm. that you know so like so but the minute true. that mark and debbie said it i was like Ugh, like yeah, i got like un- yeah, you looked at her you're like i'm like i'm sorry <laughs> yeah did she hear that <laughs> yeah sure she doesn't give a shit no she doesn't she's so cool and she's super like open about like the bachelorette and she'll tell hilarious stories about yeah. all of it and she's easy she doesn't care but like you wonder when you feel like you're doing something bigger and you get like brought down to a one word explanation, you know, I'm sure it annoys people. 100%. But like, that's part of the whatever. It is crazy with the Bachelorette girls. It's like, dude, like, that's a career launcher. It's become a whole All of a them whole are thing. like bloggers now. Yeah. It's become bloggers, a whole they design thing. their own lives, yes. they are hosts. Yeah. Because it's just eyeballs. I mean, that's the yeah, thing now is true. if you're a brand, that's why, so like, true. when you think about the Gigi Hadids and Kendall Jenners of the world, like, if I'm gonna pay a model, hundred grand mm-hmm. to be the face of my campaign. Why not pay two hundred grand? Not only get the work, the model, showing up, putting on the clothes, making it look great, getting the content, but also get their eighty million Instagram followers and their hundred million Twitter followers. Like why why am I gonna give it to the other model who's fantastic and maybe a better model? But I'm robbing myself of millions and millions of engaged eyeballs mm. who care about what they wear. Like as a brand, like I can look at it, I feel like now from both perspectives, because I have a friend who was a model that was a model on Fashion Star. And she's like, I hate this new like world of modeling. Like basically sure. we all are getting the shaft and we're getting screwed. And these like socialites, these famous kids. And I was like, yeah, but like from a designer perspective, why am I going to pay you when I could pay her and get her whole following? Like, who cares? It's not worth it. So, so it's true. completely changed the way everything is done because it's eyeballs. Advertisers, you want to get a bang for your buck. And so you're going to try to put it where you think people are really going to see it. Yeah. You know? So it's like, it's just, yeah, it's just changed things so much. Totally. One of my New Year's resolutions is to host more events. Like the event that we had before the Manifestation in the Moon workshop. I think mm. I told you guys about that. And I am wanting so bad to host an event, bring together some babes in L.A. and like organize it and everything like that. And I just feel like so overwhelmed by the organization process. It's like you have to figure out who's coming, like who can bring what and like who's actually going to show up and how you're going to do money. Like so it's, you know, people can contribute. So basically my problems were solved with Funster app. It is the dopest app. I don't know why this did not exist it's way amazing. back when that thank god it does now so funster is an app where you can easily organize and host a party an event a dinner like it could be as complicated as big or as small and simple as you want it to be um 
It's F-U-N-N-S-T-E-R, mm-hmm. Funster, F-U-N-N-S-T-E-R, and it's available in the App Store. So I'm using it to create my next event, and I'm able to choose what the event's like. I'm able to send it out to certain people, and then they could tell me what they're bringing in the app. So they could bring – I'm like, hey, we need chips and guac, and we need green juices, and we need – like whatever, and everyone will be like, okay, I got this, and they could click, and everyone else will see that they're bringing chips and guac, mm-hmm. so you don't have a hundred billion plates of cookies at the party when no one's going to eat all the cookies. So everyone knows what they're bringing, and then for money, it helps you split out everything. So if you're like, okay, we need a hundred dollars for wine, it'll split out everything in the app too. So it's like a seamless event experience, mm-hmm. and it just make it incorporates everyone it kind of makes everyone feel like they're involved in the party in the celebration um usually it's just like a shit show so this really like kind of ties it all together brings it all together for my event so i'm gonna keep you guys posted as i as i work on the event and as I invite people and as we use funster app for the party that i'm hosting in mid-february And I will let you know how it goes. But Funster, F-U-N-N-S-T-E-R, is what we're using to plan our next party and making shit happen. How has, like, um, going back to more personal life, how has um, Mike been, like, a rock to you or your support during just, like, all of these changes? You know what I mean? Like, I think about – I mean, I don't have a boyfriend, but I'm, like – just as I'm changing and things are always in flux and mm-hmm. things are moving up, moving down, going sideways. And, you know, you have another person to, to yeah. collaborate in life with. And how has that been both challenging and rewarding? Mike is like this. I don't even know. It's like I can't I sometimes don't even know how to describe him. He is this rock solid, steadfast, never wavers He's immune to anxiety. He's immune. He's just this like mm. source of comfort and peace. And you know, and I think it's funny, like everyone needs something different in their relationship. Some people like the drama and they like the craziness. And some people, you know, everyone needs something different. Like he makes me feel so calm and so relaxed and so happy and like focused on what really matters and anytime I get caught up in something that doesn't really matter he reminds me and not in an annoying condescending like you're making a big deal out of nothing kind of way but in a like lovely way Mm -hmm. and he also isn't from here you know I grew up in in LA um, and then we lived in New York and got married in New York he's from New York he's from Long Island and like so he's still like really excited about the stuff I do. Like he still gets like a real kick out of like he tapes. So he tapes every single home and family show, and he watches every DIY episode that I do. It is the funniest thing in the world. He won't let me delete things. He never let me delete Fashion Star off the TV. He never let me delete The Fabulous off the TV. Aww. My when I was on Fashion Police a couple times, didn't let me delete them. When I did the countdown for the red carpet for the Oscars and the Emmys, didn't let me delete them until our DVR a week ago broke, and Mike was like. and I was like what and he's like we lost the DVR and everything with it (laughs) oh my god we can resurrect that yeah it was so so sweet it was so sweet I'm like we don't look at it anyway he's like but it was nice to know it was there wasn't it I was like it was nice to know it was there you know so he's just he's just a a rock and like he's such a good dad he's such a good dad he's tough with them when he like needs to be but he's super Mm. playful you know he's it's it's really really sweet and that changes everything when when you have kids and then 
you know, those roles change and they're now like husband and their father. And so things that maybe you didn't notice about them, you're like, thank God that that's a quality. I didn't mm. need that personally, but my son does or whatever it is. It's mm. just like he's someone with he has like a moral compass that like you could. I swear it's like you could dictate what's right and wrong in the world like by him. I mean, he has his own point of view, so everyone views things differently. But like he does not waver. Like I'm always like, well, mm-hmm. I mean, I, it's not really stealing. <laughs> you know, like I'm like, Same. well, there's sort of a gray area. Like, like, but they whatever. left it out and it's no fine. one's watching it. No, it's, <laughs> they wanted me to take it. Yeah. No, like I'm really like. It could be a little of this. It could be. He's like, no, it's either right or it's wrong. You're either doing the right thing or the wrong thing. You either are helping someone or you're hurting. Like, he is so like, it is this or it's that, that, you know, it's funny. It's, we couldn't be more different. Yeah. I mean, we could not be more different, but it, it works really well. And I mean, I've been with him for 13 years. Oh my God. How insane is that? And then when I was 19. I know. That's, that's incredible. Crazy. crazy. Did you know? Did you know? No. Yeah. Uh uh-uh. uh. Oh, really? No. But I also, when I moved to New York, I knew I was only going for a year or that so was the plan. Was, everything so, was temporary. Yeah. So I was like, I'm not meeting anyone. I'm not doing it. Like mm-hmm. this is, I'm not going to do that. You yeah. know? So then when I moved back to LA and we started this like accidental long distance relationship where we were like visiting each other, we just got sucked into this long distance thing. And I just couldn't, I couldn't break away from him. And I remember thinking, is it because we're like always on vacation? Like when I come and see it's him. Good, it's good. Yeah, yeah. You know, like he comes, to, I know he's coming to town for Friday through Sunday. So like I take off work. So, like, we are just hanging out. There's no work. There's no life. There's no bills. There's no anything. We're on vacation. Mm -hmm. When I go to New York, like, he rearranges everything. So, he's available. So, we're just hanging out. We're going to fancy Mm -hmm. dinners. So, like, I remember thinking, like, is it good because I'm basically always on vacation with this Mm -hmm. guy? Mm -hmm. Or is it really good? Mm -hmm. I I don't know. And that's ultimately why I ended up deciding to go to New York. Like, when Mm -hmm. the SNL thing, when I got the opportunity, it was like, I'm going to do it because let's give this thing with Mike a shot. I'm going to get back out to New York. I'm going to use this as an excuse Mm -hmm. to go. And all that stuff because I was like, I need to figure this thing out one way or another. I mean, yeah. I, bro- I broke up with them like a couple times because I kept being like, this makes no sense. Yeah, You live there. I live here. Like, we totally. couldn't be more different. I'm mm-hmm. not moving there. You're not moving here. This is just torturous. Let's just stop. Mm. And it just, we just kept, like a magnet, we just kept coming back to each mm-hmm. other. You know, you like, you like, <laughs> you do that stupid text mm-hmm. that's like, Why? Why I, we, we weren't talking. We were on a path of not talking for a month. And then you just send like, some. Hi. Yeah. yeah oh my god so true send and then you just sit there like and then, like, and then it's like uh, the floodgates are open yes, and next thing you know it's like, like a week later and you're like I'm moving in with you I'm obsessed with you like, yeah you're like <laughs> I miss you so much yeah. how did this happen yeah last Aww. week it was just high yeah so so it's great and then you know I got pregnant with Connor when we were living in New York and I started getting a lot of opportunities in LA and things were really really picking up for me here and he we had always thought that we would be spending time here as well. So we just got it was really incredible that he basically was willing to, you know, leave New York and his family and all of his friends and come out here. And oh. our goal is still to be really bi-coastal because we're so close with his family and all of our friends. Like, I mean, it's killing me. I'm going out from Carrie's on the 18th. coming. Yeah, gonna we're going to I'm going to see her when I'm in New York for like a day. I'm going to see everyone in the city for one day. And then when she comes into town. Good. Um, yeah, like our, our closest friends and everything's out there. So. Yeah, we just still really want to be by coastal, but for right now, for for right now, we're here. We will. What's next for you? Well, I think the goal for me is really to try to expand television stuff. I think that that's like to Mm. me. I feel like the more that I can do on television or digital, but just kind of camera. 
I guess I don't even know what the right term is now. Mm. It's changing so much. I know. You know, I don't even know what it is. Content. I guess content is the word. Um, creating more content so that I'll have more eyeballs for Tuck and Wes. Because I think to me that's really the goal is I would love Tuck and Wes to grow into something great, but I don't have enough funding to like advertise and do all that. So it's really a matter of me being on camera enough, increasing my exposure. People know I exist. They know I have this brand. And I basically become like my own little celebrity endorsed brand is the goal. So I have a couple of shows that I've written that I'm working with different um, some digital, some television-based production companies to try to get them off the ground, but everything just takes so long. I know. I feel like I've had these conversations with people for such a long time. Mm-hmm. It just like makes you want to rip your hair out. Um, so you have to be patient and you have to be on people, and that's hard because you don't want to be like a nudge. Yeah. I'm like, hey, just checking in. You, you have to. Yeah. You have it's to. the only way. You really have to. So, yeah, I mean, I think that would be really the, the next big thing is to hopefully host my own show. I would love to host a show with someone, like a like a co-hosted type situation, but right now I'm... You know, I'm the guest on a show. I don't host it. So I would really like to be able to host something. And I think probably expand a little bit outside of what I'm doing. You know, I love doing fashion DIY stuff, but I would love to be known more as just like as me and not so much as, Mm. you know, like DIY expert where everything has to be like with that version you know that there can be enough yeah Yeah. like I think the ultimate dream dream is to host like a Kelly and Michael type show cool and to have a coasting show that's like just a celebratory happy daytime show you get a little bit of pop culture news you get a little bit of lifestyle you get fun guests coming on Mm -hmm. and playful games and it's just like it's happy Mm -hmm. it's happy it's not too cool for school it's not like uh, yeah you know it's like just a celebratory to me that would be like the ultimate gig yeah be something like that yeah I love that I can still see that for you Oh, I could so see that for me you. Me too. What's hard about what you do? Like when you like what's like challenging for you? Um not getting complacent, I think is probably the mm. biggest thing cuz it's it's easy, you know, to look at where you're at and be like, "Great, I got like a good thing going." You know, I got a good thing going, but but I think making sure if you want more. I mean, if you don't want more, don't torture yourself and not enjoy it while it's here. But if you do want more, I think it's it's getting out there and really I think actually I take that back. I think the hardest thing is that you have to be a self-starter now. There's no excuses anymore. So like you can have your own YouTube channel. You can have your own this. That like you almost have no excuse not to. And it's exhausting. Mm -hmm. Like who has time for that? Mm -hmm. Like I have a full-time job. I have kids. I have a husband. I have like when the hell am I going to create my own YouTube channel? You know? But that's really what I should be doing. What I should be doing is every segment that I do on Home and Family, I should take all those materials I already bought. I should take the entire segment, which is already ready. And I should have... My brother, shoot it, and we should make these videos mm. that exist on my YouTube channel, which I own and could sell advertising could and could leverage. Yeah, totally. But when? Mm-hmm. I know. Like when? You know? I know. So I think that's the thing is it's when just When is like, enough enough? Yeah. And you know? Like, yeah. It's, it's a hard. Yeah. It's hard to. What would you subtract from your life to make, not make more time, but. Just something that you feel like you're doing that maybe could you get don't rid of the kids. Need. I could get rid of the kids. <laughs> you could get rid of the kids. I bet some, I could donate them you to Salvation Army. The that's a good. I take a good them start. for a day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, those little munchkins. Um, yeah, I, you know, and I, I, that's the problem is I don't, I don't know that there I is know. at this moment. I yeah. mean, the only thing I could do really would be like on a day like today, where I ran around and got like errands done and did a lot of computer work for Tuck and West. It would be like, okay, I'm going to do the computer work when the kids go to bed. And today I'm going to shoot like five DIY segments. I'm going to like get it done in one time and I'm going to have someone come over and we're going to edit. And then I'm going to, but like, that's probably the only thing I could do is take those one or two days that I have off from the show and like 
make that the priority. Mm -hmm. But then what happens to Tuck and Wes? I don't know. Sure. Do you have anyone helping you with Tuck and Wes? So kind of. I my business partner, um, we became partners a while back, and we're still like officially partners. And I'm able to use like the office and all the infrastructure of the business, accounting, shipping, distribution, like all that, which is huge. Um, I'm able to do it through them. So it's like I have a partner in kind of in business. But Mm -hmm. as far as coming up with the ideas, designing it, getting materials from one place to the next, like doing the actual work, it's just me. Mm -hmm. So it's a lot. Yeah. So it's, it's a lot to keep it like going because, you know, there's only so much time. Yeah. So, so that's, that's a little bit tough, but I just don't have... We put all the money right back into it. So it's not like I have money to like pay someone. Totally. You know, I could probably find like a fashion, like an intern or something. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I would feel so bad not paying someone. Yeah, I think you have to pay. Have I to know, pay. right? Like I'm I kind feel... of about paying. Like I don't feel like it's right if you don't yeah. pay someone. Especially plus then, well, plus... I know that they do get experience, but then there's a point where they resent you because they're not fucking getting paid. And they're yeah. you make money. And it's hard. Like I feel like when someone does something for free, you can't like tell them what to do because you're like so, so you're like so true. appreciative that they're helping you. You're yes. like thanks so much, but you did that wrong. Like I feel yes. like I don't. I, I never. Know. I you can't be honest. No. Honest. Yeah. yeah. Like it's like at least if you're paying someone, you're like listen. I'm paying you to do a job. Like yes. this is what I needed. I told yes. you this is what I needed. You guaranteed you could do it by this time. It's you can have that conversation when someone's doing it for free and it's a favor. You're just in this like limbo of like, it's well, so I'd really true. appreciate if you could like get it to me by Friday, please. Yeah. And if they don't, Maybe. like, what are you yeah. gonna do? You can't do totally. anything. There's no withholding of. <laughs> money you're just totally. like okay well thanks yeah so that's yeah that that's like a little bit annoying but our intern is changing the game for us yeah oh my god our shaman told us to hire an intern whoa yeah what does a shaman do exactly i don't really know <laughs> okay <laughs> i tried to like she's an intuitive her. she's she intuitive colleen is a crystal healer energy so i think a shaman is like Close to the Indians, it's like a spirit guide or mm-hmm. something. So okay. they connect with like Spirits their and spirit angels. guides and like talk to your spirit guides. So it's like, whoa! But she was like, "You guys need to get an intern." So you got one, and Chloe's amazing. We pay uh, her though. Yeah, um, but, but that's great because if you can be more productive, 100%, you know, yeah. I think that that's important. Like we have um, Fabio Viviani, who's a chef, came on the show. Um, well, he's been on the. He used to be like a consistent person on the show, and we were talking, and he was like, you know. There's a there's like a very fine line. There's a there's a threshold really where you reach it where you are at your max and you feel like you don't want to hire help because now you're making less money. So you don't want to give away your income. Right. But you're never going to go beyond where you're at if you're doing everything yourself. So at a certain point, it's like you have to take that cut and you have to eat in a little bit to that income so that you can grow and you can be functioning as two or three or four or five people at any one given moment. Otherwise, what do you what do you do? You only have 24 hours in a day Mm -hmm. and you've got, you know, everyone has responsibilities at home, relationships Mm -hmm. and families and, you know, sleep and things that you need to do. And then what? So you really do have to make that a priority. And that's, I think, something I'm really learning is how to start giving some of that responsibility out. I hired someone for a little while and then I just stopped using them because Mm -hmm. I was like, well, I could just do it myself. And then I so then I stopped and then, you know. So I think that's that's the thing is like you kind of have to bring on some help but then have something to replace it with so that it's like you mm. take this and it's not now I'm sitting on my ass. It's you take this and now I'm doing I'm this other thing. This. Yep. Mm-hmm. So it's like that's really when we're talking about that, like that's really what I should probably do is get an assistant who goes out and buys all and the materials I need and then do film all these things on the side. You know, that's probably the smart way of doing it. That way you're really it's making the most of your time. It's hard to give your responsibility to someone else. Mm-hmm. It's very hard. 
It's, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, you get a perfectionist and it's your own stamp. It's yours. And I don't give a shit. I'm like so weird. I'm like, have it. Thanks. To- oh, really, you are any good responsibility, at it. I'm like, have it. But it, it also thanks. gives them confidence. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's a, I think that's a good thing. Yeah. I just like, I don't know why. Like, Danica, my, my photographer too, like, we've talked about her like helping me with 100. And I'm like, girl, you could do anything you want. You can't obviously like write my posts or like comment yeah. to my readers because it's me but like anything I'm like do it I don't care yeah if I trust you enough to like have you in my circle and bring you around I'm like you could do it like Chloe's mm, done stuff that I we know. wouldn't have exactly. done exactly you know she like has an eye that we don't have which was cool to see really like cool. she made our media kit um oh that's awesome yeah and it was like bomb I'm like I wouldn't have made that that's amazing and when you're in the thick of it it's hard to see opportunities you're missing and all that stuff because you're just in it you know and it's, yeah. you can't really see outside of it you're you're sort of consumed with your like day to day tasks and it's hard to see oh I'm missing this other yeah, thing you know completely 100% just as the, I want to ask the last question yes um, who inspires you oh my gosh I think oh I need a minute for that I don't one. know who inspires me either even though people do. But yeah. I don't know, like, off the top of my head. I'm like, who inspires me? Mm. Yeah, because I, I... It's for different things. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's such a weird... I know it's going to... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, like, text you in the car and be like, oh, this is who yeah, I wish yeah, I said. Yeah. Um, because I can't think of... Like, right now, it's like, honestly, I feel like... Like, I do. Mm. Like, uh, No, that's the greatest answer I've ever heard. Yeah. I just think that... That is amazing. I feel like I'm capable of doing pretty much anything that I want to do. And it's just a matter of aligning myself with the right people and making that happen. There's no one whose career I look at that I want. I just know exactly what I want mine to look like. And it's that version of myself. It's like that 10 years down the road version of myself that inspires me now to keep going. Cause it feels, I feel like it gives me like a roadmap a little bit of where to go because I think it's really hard to keep pushing if you don't really know what you want. And and, and that doesn't mean that you shouldn't push and hustle and work. I think you should just put one foot in front of the other and work hard and, and life will sort of teach you what you're good at and, mm-hmm. and you'll get rewarded for doing things and when you're on the right path and you'll kind of feel it. But I think now I feel really clear about who I want to be and what I want to do and the kind mm-hmm. of um, life I want for myself career-wise and personally that I think that really inspires me on a day-to-day basis and keeps me like pushing because – I like I feel like I can see it so clearly. Like mm. I see it so clearly that it's like it's not like a vague feeling or mm-hmm. this. It's like I see it and so Yes. It I feel like it's tangible, right? Mm-hmm. Like I just it's you like just it's know. right there. You yeah, know. it's like right there. So I just feel like I'm just on my way there and I just need to work in the meantime, I just need to work hard and respect and show respect to everyone that I work with and be like be a uh, like a happy part in people's day and not be a downer and just be like provide some creative juices and excitement and mm. entertainment and laughs and happiness while I'm getting there because once you're there it doesn't feel like you're there anyway I don't totally. think I'm probably gonna so get there true. and be like it's the 70 year old version so of myself that's true. so and just respecting real- your path like yeah. the process of it and yeah, because being... otherwise what what is what is there? It's like the goal. It's so funny when you think, even like a marathon, right? Like if you think about that thought of like running a marathon, you cross mm-hmm. the finish line. There isn't some like, I know that moment is gone like that, 100%. right? So it's like then all you of a sudden, goal. then you all make of a, a bigger goal, yeah. and then all of That's a sudden the end. marathon. In 10 years from now, when you look back on the marathon, what you remember about it is all of the training, all of the days that you got together with friends and ran when it was mm-hmm. raining, getting prepared that day when all your friends were standing at the bar waiting for you and ha- like. 
the the memories are like I feel like are a good representation of what it is really all about. Mm. But for some reason, we can't look at the future like that. We think it's this one finite like moment mm. when really when you look back on it all, yeah. it's like it's the whole thing. Mm-hmm. It's so like true. the whole build up to that one thing. It's the experience, mm-hmm. really, right? Yeah. Like the journey of it that ends up being what we associate with that one thing. Mm-hmm. But I think it's just really hard to do that. I think people do that a lot with marriage. They're like, all right, I need to find the perfect person. I found him. We got married. And then it's like, all right. Now we're married. Yeah. Here we are. And it's like, no, bitch, that just started. Yep. Your relationship just started and the rest of your life just started. And you need to, like, buckle up for, like, 40 years of Put in work, putting change. in work, being in a relationship. You know what I mean? It doesn't. Yep. It starts when you get married. Absolutely true. It's not like, I think people are like, cool. It's like, I'm, I'm good. We're good. You know? It, you are good. So many things. Yeah. It's amazing. But it's just like, it's still. Yeah, but it's like any other great, important emotional Mm -hmm. goal you have in life and it's like it's important and it's great and it happened and we're here but then you know yeah you've got you've got to keep hustling and working and I think that does fall by the wayside relationships do because we get really really focused on our careers so it is really important to stay focused on those (laughs) practice I know just like practice Sunday I went home after we were podcasting and Justin was home and I skipped lunch and went home to him he was pumped I brought him a little protein bar. So cute. He was home. He was like, I was so sad. I'm so happy you're here. Oh, my God. That's the cutest. He's the cutest, man. He was like, now let's take a nap. I'm like, I don't want to nap. Like, I, I want to work. I want to work. I was like, I'm going to work while you nap. Um, <laughs> but I'm here. How can, to round out, how can our listeners, and I know they're going to freak out. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just feel like this, this like, kind of covered good. everything in that last oh answer. God. Like, I don't even want to talk after Boom. that. That was so good. Oh, my God. I don't feel you like inspire I know you. How, how can, <laughs> no, how can our listeners connect with you? So, um, everything is at Orly Shanny. Mm-hmm. The brand is at Tuck and West, mm-hmm. which is um, so bomb. Check it out. Cut and oh. sew backwards. So it's not West. It's not the direction. It's yeah. T U C A N D W E S. So yeah, backwards. That's so cool. Cut and sew. Yeah, because everything was originally yeah, you know, convertible and wow. forwards and backwards. So yeah, Orly uh, at Orly Shanny is is probably the best. Great, because I am on that, and then I have to remind myself that I need to go to the Tuck and West page and do that too, because I pretend like there's a whole team there. <laughs> yeah, right. I use the we. Yeah. We are so into this, but it's We're like me. Uh, I just me switch on the couch with Connor. Love yeah, that. Connor, are you into this? Man? I just yeah. I was like, <laughs> we is me and my children. Yeah. <laughs> so cute. Um, yeah, and that's it. Yeah, and tuckandwest.com is is the line. And oh, um, so and if you guys see any fun creative DIY ideas, tag me in them because yes. I need ideas all I day long. That. Tag me, tag me. Say you want me to make it. And I'll Almost make it for 30 you. Nation, yeah. unite, help yeah. out. Unite, help out, get some tagging done. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, guys. This Thanks is for fun. being oh my here. God, this is amazing. So, so, so fun. The- How about you. it, Steve? Do you love it? A plus. A plus. Steve, do you inspire you? Who inspires Steve? Besides us. Outer space. space inspires so you. Fucking Thank you so, so much. If you guys answer. could see Steve right now, <laughs> it would be the cutest so answer you've much. ever heard in your whole life. <laughs> I'm going to think up. about that for eight days straight. <laughs> Literally. Just blew my mind. <laughs> All right, we love y'all. Love ya. Thanks for tuning in. Bye. It's going to be me. Oh,